Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code POOL at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code POOL at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code POOL. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. Today is October 14th, 2022, and our first story. Elon Musk has nuked Ukrainian government officials from orbit after they said F off when he tried offering up peace negotiations. He's now shuttering Starlink in certain areas and saying, you know what? We can't pay for this anymore. When asked, he said, we're just following their recommendations. But hey, if it de-escalates and prevents World War Three, then it's a good thing. In our next segment, a shocking video. Nancy Pelosi says, this is what I've been waiting for. Trespassing on the Capitol grounds. That's it. She said that she knew it was going to happen. She wanted it to happen on January 6. Why did she have a film crew with her then? The whole thing is weird. And in our last story, a couple of unhinged leftists tried destroying a Van Gogh painting and gluing themselves to the wall to protest oil. Great. If you like the show, give us a good review. Leave us five stars and share the show with your friends. Now, let's get into that first story. I have some very sound advice for you. If you happen to run a country that has recently been invaded and you rely on satellite internet technology to help you win that war, do not tell the man who is giving you satellite internet free of charge to F off when he suggests peace. Otherwise, you may find yourself in this position. Not only did Elon Musk reportedly sever Starlink satellite internet from Crimea, the report now Musk threatens to stop funding Starlink internet Ukraine relies on in war. And it happened about a week or so after a government official in Ukraine told Elon Musk to F off. Well, Elon has come out. He's not mentioned being told to F off directly, but it gets good. You see, he's saying it costs about $20 million per month to support this infrastructure for Ukraine. And they do rely on it for, for this war. I mean, they would probably be losing if they did not have access to this. Someone pointed this out, tweeting, not too long after they said F off, Elon Musk says he can't afford Starlink anymore. And Musk responds. He says, we're only following their recommendation. Or I'll show you the tweet to give you the, sp the, the actual uh, quote verbatim. But wow, talk about one of the stupidest things you can do. There's more here, though. Some people have pointed out that apparently Elon Musk is facing some kind of investigation for his actions in this Twitter buyout. 
And that could also be a reason that Elon's saying, you know what? I'm not going to support you anymore. And it got me thinking about how fascinating it is to be as powerful as Elon Musk. There's a war in Ukraine, fear of World War Three. But at the very least, you've got an administration, you've got Democrats who are so insane, they will not back away, even if it means nuclear annihilation. Now, that degree of war addiction can be exploited by someone like Elon Musk, knowing how desperately they want to win. They'll probably give him anything. So about this investigation, yeah, maybe it all goes away. Now, they're not the same entities. I don't know exactly what we'll pull up. It's the feds are looking into him, but he's telling the Pentagon he wants them to pay for the Starlink Internet. The Pentagon then says, makes a phone call. Call up the DOJ and say, just just back away from Elon, man. We need him on this one. Now you've got Vindman. Remember him from the old Ukraine gate scandal coming out being like, let's hold Elon Musk accountable. Adam Kinzinger, the Demoblican, because not a, I don't know what he is. He's not Democrat or Republican. He's a Demoblican. He's coming out like Elon's playing games here. Listen up, buddy. Elon gave you this stuff for free. Why should he keep paying for it? It's amazing that these people are like, Elon should give us $20 million cash infrastructure per month, cash cost for the infrastructure. And then if he says, I can't, we will attack him for it. Surprise, surprise. I don't know. You call it socialist or whatever. These are people who want something for nothing, something for nothing. Well, you ain't going to get it, especially when you act like dicks to Elon. So, hey, man. More power to you, man. I'm, I'm, I'm with Elon on this one. Buy his, uh, his burnt hair perfume. I, 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 I'm a big fan. Elon Musk not only, I think, is, has been doing the right thing and trying to do the right thing. First, he's helping Ukraine. Then he says, guys, we don't want World War III. Then they attack him and he says, screw you guys. I'm going home. I respect the burnt hair cologne thing. You guys see this? He's selling perfume that smells like burnt hair. I just appreciate someone who's doing unique things because it's enough with the stagnation. You know, we got to build culture and do stuff. Guys got rocket ships, wants to go to Mars. I don't think Musk is perfect. I think he's got interesting dealings in China that need to be called out. But I can respect these things while calling out those things. Well, let's read the news and break down exactly what's going on with this war. Before we get started, head over to TimCast.com. Become a member to support our work and all of our journalists. Our journalists report the news every single day. They are fact checking, doing original investigative inquiries, and they are actually on the ground, some of them. Now, with your support, they will keep doing that because that's how we make the news operation function. You will also, as a member, get access to the uncensored TimCast IRL show, as well as Cast Castle vlog and Tales from the Inverted World. And I think next week's Cast Castle vlog is going to be one of the most offensive things ever, and I'm really excited for it. We're really trying to make it as offensive as possible. Okay, well, not really, but really offensive. So we're calling in some big hitters to guest cameo, and I'm really excited for this one. So become a member, support our work, and uh, don't forget to smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, share this video, be the notification. Don't let the censorship stop us. Let's report the news. From the Washington Post, Musk threatens to stop funding Starlink internet Ukraine relies on in war. They report. Elon Musk said Friday that his space company could not keep funding the Starlink satellite service that has kept Ukraine and its military online during the war. And he suggested he was pulling free Internet after a Ukrainian ambassador insulted him on Twitter. The Starlink cutoff would cripple 
the Ukrainian military's main mode of communication and potentially hamstring its defenses by giving a major advantage to Russia, which has sought to jam signals and phone service in the eastern and southern combat zones. Hey, I just want to pause real quick and ask, for what reason was Elon Musk actually providing this military assistance? You know what's funny? He did. And probably because he thought it was a good thing to help. And then he saw that we were marching towards nuclear annihilation. And he said, OK, uh, I can't do this anymore. And I think it's the right move. They, they say the world's richest man by Bloomberg estimates. Musk tweeted from the United States that his company SpaceX does not want reimbursement for its past expenses in helping Ukraine. But he tweeted, quote, it also cannot fund the existing system indefinitely and send several thousand more terminals that have data usage up to 100 times greater than typical households. This is unreasonable. He also taunted Ukraine's ambassador to Germany, Andrei Melnik, who had some choice words for Musk last week after the Tesla chief executive tweeted a proposal to end the war in Ukraine that would favor Russia. Would favor Russia? I love the corporate propaganda. F off is my very diplomatic response to you, Elon Musk. Melnick said at this time, we're just following his recommendation, Musk tweeted early Friday. The ambassador declined to comment on Friday while his press representative told The Washington Post his previous comment had been a specific response to Musk's tweet about peace negotiations. How about this, Melnick? You apologize. Apologize to the man who's given you free stuff to help you win your war. All right, let's pull it up. What do we got here? Sawyer Merritt tweeted, SpaceX's request is reasonable. Shouldn't expect a private sec uh, sector company to continue to fund this for free forever. Do Lockheed, Boeing, Northrop, etc. do their work for free? SpaceX was generous in donating what they did, and they'll happily continue to manufacture terminals with government money. That sounds great. Sawyer Merritt is the co-founder of Twin Birch USA, Tesla investor. Down below, we can see Elon Musk, who says, strange that nothing was leaked about our competitors in space launch and communications, Lockheed and Boeing, who get over $60 billion. Wouldn't be surprised to find this particular individual working there when he retires from the DOD. Corruption at its finest. One person then asked, can you tell us how much money you're spending? Elon says, in addition to terminals, we have to create, launch, maintain and replenish satellites and ground stations and pay telcos for access to Internet via gateways. We've also had to defend against cyber attacks and jamming, which are getting harder. Burn is approaching around $20 million per month. Here we go. Well, let, let, let me pull up the initial context. Elon Musk tweeted this October 3rd. Ukraine, Russia, peace. Redo elections of annexed regions under UN supervision. Russia leaves, if that is the will of the people. Crimea, formerly part of Russia, as it has been since 1783 until Khrushchev's mistake. Water supply to Crimea assured Ukraine remains neutral. 2.7 million votes. No, takes it with 59.1. Andre Melnick says F off is my very diplomatic reply to you, Elon Musk. Amazing. I despise these warmongering pieces of trash. Elon Musk approached the world stage saying, can we have peace? Recession and inflation are here. Gas, housing, and everyday goods are up, way up. 
and you want to be ready for any situation. So what would you do if there's no food on the shelf? Ark Heirloom Seeds are here to help. Did you know 99% of seeds sold today can't reproduce? With Heirloom Seeds, you only have to plant once, then you can grow year after year, giving you and your family stability and security because things are getting crazy out there. Our all-in-one seed kit provides everything you need to grow your own food. This premium seed kit has over 65 varieties, 50,000 seeds in stores for 15 years. You'll also get our exclusive seed guide to make growing a no-brainer. Arc Seed Kits is a family-owned and operated business and the most trusted name in the nation for over 15 years. Our mandate is to get heirloom seeds into every home in America. Go to arcseedkits.com today and get free shipping by entering promo code podcast. That's arkseedkits.com, promo code podcast. Get your seeds, get prepared, get growing. arcseedkits.com. F off? That's your response? How about you respond with, with, with this? Elon, with all due respect, we won't back down and let Russia take our land. I appreciate the attempt at de-escalation, but we need your help on this one to push harder to stop them as they've invaded us. That's a reasonable response. Well, here you go, ladies and gentlemen. Jason J. Smart says Elon Musk Starlink says it can no longer afford to give Ukraine free service and asks the Pentagon to pay for it. Starlink had been a game changer in the war. This comes days after Ukrainian ambassador Andriy Melnik told Musk to F off. Musk says, we're just following his recommendation. Bravo, Elon Musk, standing ovation. Man, I'm a big fan of this guy. Ian Miles Chong popping up right below saying that backfired on them spectacularly. Never bite the hand that feeds. That's right. Elon Musk wants the U.S. to fund his satellite network in Ukraine, official says. And that is not unreasonable. The U.S. government should be paying for this. How about that? Now, let me pause right there. In the context of Elon Musk operating satellites, he shouldn't be the one paying for it. The U.S. should. But we're going to pause, take a step back and say no one should be paying for this. It shouldn't be happening and we shouldn't be involved. When it comes down to what Elon Musk is providing Ukraine in terms of military support, it's not incumbent upon him to fund it. The U.S. wants to fund this war, so be it. Stepping back from that, the U.S. shouldn't be involved in any, in, in any capacity. So I'm glad Elon Musk is saying, we out. And I hope they don't pay for it. They shouldn't. But you know what, man? That's how it's going to roll. Elon makes a satellite network. The U.S. is going to pay him a fat penny. He's going to make some good loot off this one. Now, here's the funny thing. Elon Musk denies claim he spoke to Vladimir Putin about the war in Ukraine. Oh, this one's really, really interesting. So here's the story as it goes. Crimea saw the satellite internet cut off reportedly. I think we have this one here from Insider. Elon Musk blocked Ukraine from using Starlink in Crimea over concern that Putin could use nuclear weapons, political analyst says, October 11th. The story is that following Russia's invasion of Ukraine in February, Musk, he gave Starlink, but recently there have been problems. Last week, a senior Ukrainian government official told the Financial Times that the service was suffering catastrophic outages on the front lines, prompting speculation that it had been shut off in areas controlled by Russia, perhaps to prevent the Kremlin from exploiting the network. On Twitter, Musk said that he could not comment on battlefield conditions, saying that's classified. But Bremer, the founder and president of the political risk research firm Eurasia Group, said on Monday that in a conversation with Musk in late September, Musk appeared to confirm the satellite service was being intentionally disabled. Neither SpaceX nor Ukraine's Ministry of Defense immediately responded to requests for comment. Bremer said Musk told him 
He'd been asked by Ukraine's defense ministry to activate Starlink in Crimea, which Russia invaded. Bremer said Musk refused, given the potential for escalation. According to Bremer, Musk claimed to have recently spoken with Russian President Vladimir Putin, asserting that he was prepared to negotiate. Bremer said Musk told him that in that conversation, Putin threatened to use nuclear weapons if Ukraine tried to retake the Crimean Peninsula, which serves as the base for Russia's naval forces in the Black Sea. On Twitter, however, Musk flatly denied having any recent conversation with the Russian leader. But let's play the game. Oh, I love the game of media manipulation. Elon Musk denies claim he spoke to Vladimir Putin about the war. Let's break down what exactly what was said. That Elon Musk spoke to Putin before the, the satellites were shut down. Has Elon Musk ever spoken to Vladimir Putin? Yes. Did he speak to them at any point in, the, in, the, in his lifetime before the war started? Yes. Well, therefore, therefore, the headline is true. The reporting is true and correct. It's up to you not to assume the wrong thing. And that's how the media plays the dirty, dirty game. CNN says, in a tweet Tuesday, Musk said he hadn't spoken with Putin in over a year. I have spoken to Putin only once, and that was about 18 months ago. The subject matter was space. Aha! So he admits it. Elon Musk confesses that he did speak to Putin well before this happened. Mm. Musk tweeted in response to Bremer, nobody should trust Bremer. Welcome to war, my friends, where truth is the very first casualty. But you know what? You want to smack down, smack around Elon Musk? Good. Good. If it means the escalation, I'll take it. We should not be involved in the war in Ukraine. I do not see why we are providing military aid. Now, I've said this before. I can understand military aid more so than I can understand ground involvement, but we're well beyond military aid. U.S. special operations are currently underway in Ukraine. NATO is sending air defense system. We're sending weapons. So we are very much involved. Military aid is a maybe from me, but I really do think we need to stay out, especially now with the escalation. So full disclosure, I'm not entirely sure uh, exactly what I said in the past. Times change. I kind of, you know, people forget. But I do believe that I was saying things like I understand sending military aid and maybe that's the extent to which we should be involved or that we should. But I'm going to say now my, my, my official position based upon the threat of escalation is that we should we should withdraw all involvement. It's not worth it. It's just absolutely not. This has escalated well beyond any point. Uh, th- there should have been, there's a cutoff point. You go to a casino, you got a hundred bucks, you play it, you lose, you leave. You don't withdraw more money and keep playing. For us, we took a bet against Putin. Putin held his own, called our bluff, and now we should be backing off of this one. I don't want to see World War III, my friends. And I don't think you do either. Uh, let's throw it to our good friend, Adam Kinzinger. Hmm. He says, If there was ever proof that Elon Musk is playing games, this is it. I'm not sure someone like this can be trusted to any longer do business with our government. Why? They're not paying for this. That's kind of the point. Adam Kinzinger, man, talk about one of the worst of the worst people ever. I'm so glad to see that he's out. He's retired and he's irrelevant. Conservatives don't like him. Liberals don't like him. But they sure exploited him because he ragged on Trump a whole lot. Talk about ending your career. Kinzinger is a very, very bad person. And then we have this. Alexander S. Vindman. He says, light bulb. Let's cancel Elon Musk. If you're going to undermine U.S. security, you will pay. He likely has a board of directors he's accountable to. Time to send a message. I love the idea, Vindman. Are you implying that the board of directors at who represent the shareholders 
at SpaceX or whatever company. Do you think that they're going to say, you know what, we should just give $20 million away per, per month for no reason? Or do you think they're going to say, shut your mouth and don't waste our time? I find it laughable. This idea that Elon Musk should be giving away everything for free. Well, I don't know if this image is the Starlink network, but maybe. And I don't see why Elon Musk should just give it away. He says, Lucid Motors makes pretty sweet electric cars. I hear these are much better than Tesla. Oh, and a bunch of other American car companies make fantastic electric cars. This guy is just the absolute worst. Because let me tell you something, my friends. No, nobody makes a better car than Tesla. I looked at all the electric cars. I really did. I looked at the, uh, the, the, the range, the battery capacity, the capabilities, and it is my personal assessment. It is reasonable to conclude Tesla really is the best. I mean, we're talking max speed. We're talking acceleration. We're talking range. We're talking amenities. We're talking style. We're talking everything. Not to mention we're talking the distribution of Tesla chargers. Tesla hits it out of the park. That's why I have one. I don't buy these things willy nilly. I despise Apple. I am not buying Tesla because I like Elon Musk or because I think Tesla is sleek. I bought it because when I looked at all of the standard electric cars that are available, I was like, it really is just better. But this is what it means to be in a cult like Vindman. Lucid Motors makes pretty sweet electric cars. I hear they're much better than Tesla. Well, hold on there a minute, man. The Lucid Air, I believe it's called. It's, it's legit. It is cool. Okay. I looked at it, I was looking at it and I'm like, yeah, this is really awesome. But for the cost and compared to a Tesla, nope, sorry. But it is, leg- it is pretty awesome. I do think the Lucid Motors vehicle is really, really cool. It's expensive. It's expensive. These other, uh, other car automakers are making cars too. But you see what the cult does? Hey, everybody, Teslas are bad because Elon's got opinions we don't like. What? Teslas are bad for that reason? Uh, no, 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 no. Sorry. Either the cars are good or they're not good. And this is just dumb. I love this one. Michael Trace is spokesperson for America's creepiest and most war crazed family. The Vindmans has picked their next cancellation target. This is the world we live in, my friends. The Washington Post. Here comes the retaliation. Musk appeasement of Putin and China stokes fears of new Twitter policies. In the past 10 days, he suggested that Ukraine give up Crimea and that Taiwan be ruled like Hong Kong. Now he's threatening Ukraine's access to his Starlink satellite system, critical to Ukraine's war effort. You know, I don't want China to take Taiwan. I don't want Russia to take Crimea or Ukraine. That happened a long time ago. I more don't want World War III. Let's talk about understanding negotiations and leverage. And right now, Vladimir Putin has invaded a border country that has nothing to do with the United States. And he's threatening to, to use nukes to gain access to a land bridge to Crimea. That's it. What do you do? Why should the U.S. defend Ukraine? Is Crimea important for us? Not really. Is the Donbass region good for the U.S.? I mean, reportedly there's lithium oxide there. Lithium is good and important. Maybe that's what we want. Is it worth World War Three? Sorry, it's not. That's just not. You want to talk about Vladimir Putin getting ready to invade Poland? You got yourself a conversation because that's Putin actually starting World War Three. But uh, Vladimir Putin invading Ukraine, not World War Three. Sorry, border dispute. I'm not happy about it. Don't like the guy. But if the U.S. escalates its involvement, World War Three. You can just take a look how the media loves to frame this. 
from foreign policy. The Biden administration's fear of provoking Putin and risking World War III in Ukraine is an excuse. Really? From the Atlantic. Joe Biden shouldn't let his nuclear anxieties play out this way. Really? That's just two outlets. I love this, though. When you click the foreign policy story, here's what it says. Biden's soft underbelly on Ukraine. The Biden administration's fear of provoking Putin and risking World War III has become an excuse to do less for Ukraine. You disgusting parasites. You psychotic warmongers. Spare me your insanity. You want to ride the fat man down from the plane? You want to ride it like a cowboy? And swing your hat as it makes it all the way to the ground and explodes in a massive ball of hellfire. You can do it. But don't drag us along with you. And this is it. An expert's point of view. We should have war. World War Three is no excuse. Come on, Joe Biden, blow it up. Late in the summer of 2022, U.S. National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan again proclaimed the Biden administration's enthusiasm for support in Ukraine against Russia. But he demurred. There are certain capabilities the president has said he is not prepared to provide. One of them is long range missiles that have a range of 300 kilometers, because while a key goal of the United States is to support and defend Ukraine, another key goal is to ensure we do not end up in a circumstance where we are heading down the road toward a third world war. You know, credit where credit is due. I'll give him that much. You know, Joe Biden saying, now, nah, if we give long range missiles, it's just bad, bad news. I think you shouldn't be giving giving Ukraine missiles. I don't think you should. I think we should be back away at this point. I think we've reached our limit. I think Putin showed his hand and we can't compete. But this, I love it. These people are insane. From the Daily Mail, Putin moves nuclear bombers to airbase near Finland and Norway borders as tensions rise over possible use of nukes. At what point will you just stop and say, I do not want to be nuked? Hey, Finland, how's it looking now joining NATO? Hey, maybe they're more into it. If Putin's threatening to blow them up with nukes, maybe being a part of NATO is a good thing. How about that? They say the move comes amid high tension over whether Putin plans to launch an atomic attack in Europe and uh, and his ongoing invasion of Ukraine, which has suffered a string of embarrassing setbacks. The Russian tyrant has gradually increased the number of strategic bombers at Olenya Air Base from none on August 12th to four supersonic TU-160s on August 21st, to 11 now. Look at that, man. There are 11 strategic bombers. It's interesting. August 12th, August 21st, look at that, TU-160s. They got weapons, man, and TU-95s. Olenya Air Base, right next to Finland and Norway. Now that's interesting. You guys ever play Civilization? You ever play that game Civilization? I'm a big fan of Sin Meier's Civilization. And, uh, you know, when playing this game, art imitates life. When I'm getting ready for war, I move my bombers right to the, ba- right to the border of the country that I'm going to be bombing. Now, truth, to be, to, to, truth be told, when I play this game, I don't, I don't ever really start wars with neighbors. I really don't. When, when I play Civilization, I just build up my military and mind my own effing business. And then when they come for me, I go after them. So when I play Civilization, if a neighboring country invades and tries to do something against me, I just decimate them. I turn their cities back over to them and say, let this be the day you never forget the day I defeated you. That's how I play. Now, I don't know what Putin's going to do, but Finland and Norway, they want to be joining up with NATO. 
I think Norway's right. Or, I'm sorry, or is it Finland and Sweden? Russia has said it's a red line. He said if Ukraine joins NATO, it's a red line. And now he's preparing nuclear bombers. It's not bluster. When, you know, maybe someone doesn't want to pull the trigger. But when they chamber around, the, 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 the point is they can. One of the rules of a firearm, never point your weapon at something unless you intend to destroy it. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. What do you think Russia is doing right now? He is pointing his nuclear bombs at Finland. Tell me now, Vindman, is it worth it? Do you want more of this? Let us ask the people of Finland and Norway if they're okay with being blown up in a rain of hellfire for Ukraine. Chances are they'll say no. How about that? This is where we're at, my friends. The disclosure comes from factisk.no, an independent Norwegian fact-checking website which obtained the data from American satellite operator Planet. The buildup above the airbase follows international concern over another report two weeks ago when the Jerusalem Post revealed there was an unusual deployment of seven nuclear bombers at the airbase. The Armageddon planes are usually stationed at Engels Air Base 450 miles southeast of Moscow. However, the bombers are stationed around 150 miles away from the border of NATO member Norway and from about 95 miles away from the soon to become alliance member Finland. Finland, sorry, Find, thinking of Vindman. They can also be used with conventional weapons. There is evidence the deployment of the Olanya that the, at Olanya has KH-101 cruise missiles for possible use against targets in Ukraine. The KH-101 can carry conventional nuclear warheads. The runway at Olenia Air Base was empty on August 12th, with satellite images from October 7th showing that it is now full of warplanes. It is the largest Mach 2 plus military aircraft ever built. And as of 2022, is the largest and heaviest combat aircraft still in use, while also being the fastest bomber. Oh, man. Take a look at that. The Russian Tu-160 Blackjack strategic bomber flies over the, Vol- uh, over the Volga and the cities of Engels left and Privlovsky, Privolsky, Priv- Priv- sorry, Saratov region view to the east. It's amazing stuff, man. Nightmarish. A Tu-95 MS Bear HRF-94130 pictured flying above Scotland in 2014. Now that's a big one. That is massive. It's got four turboprops. They're probably they're, they're dual turboprop. I don't. I'm. I don't, it's. Yo, that's crazy, man. How about how about this? I don't want to see one of these things flying overhead. Do you? How about then we chill out? Hey, let's not escalate this war. Let's listen to what Elon Musk has to say, and then just not do this. No, you want war? All right then you will reap what you have sown. Finland, Norway, Sweden, Denmark, Poland, Lithuania, Estonia, Latvia. Yeah, and everybody else. But y'all, y'all want this? Okay. Okay. Then when it comes down, I won't cry for you. I won't. I'll say, 
live by the sword over Ukraine, over Crimea. Is it worth it? Fine. Don't look at me. From Matt Taibbi, if the White House doesn't think the war can be won, but refuses to open negotiations or nudge others to do so, what exactly is the end strategy? Elon Musk says the right question to ask. And I agree. From TK News by Matt Taibbi, he says, 15 years ago, in a July 2007 Democratic primary debate in Charleston, South Carolina, Senator Barack Obama won applause by saying, sure, he'd meet with the leaders of countries like Iran, Cuba, and North Korea. The notion that somehow not talking, not talking the country is punishment, not talking to the country is punishment to them was ridiculous, he said, adding even JFK and Reagan were willing to talk to the Soviets. They understood that we may not trust them and they may pose an extraordinary danger. But we have, we have the obligation to find areas where we can potentially move forward. Obama's line won him new admirers and helped dent progressive support for frontrunner Hillary Clinton. The episode is now mostly forgotten, as talking to bad people has again been deemed forbidden, even by former liberals, perhaps especially by them, even with the country suddenly at greater risk of nuclear war than any time since the Cuban Missile Crisis. These dynamics resurfaced in a confusing way this week. To no one's surprise, the Biden administration continued to say it won't negotiate with Russia, but it suddenly also began leaking a belief that it doesn't think fighting will work either. If both strategies are off the table, what exactly are we doing? Nothing. Marching in lockstep at, like, as, like zombies to our own annihilation. Well, I hope it's worth it, I guess. We have no plan. We don't know where this will go. It's unsustainable. Putin's not bluffing. Joe Biden thinks uh, Putin's not bluffing, yet we, cons- we, we, we consistently approach this, then perhaps I can say one thing. They want nuclear war. They want nuclear war. They want nuclear annihilation, the reign, the reign of hellfire on all of our cities. Maybe. Certainly that would be a great reset, wouldn't it? Now, I'm not going to pretend to have any uh, insider knowledge or know about what their real intention is. I think there's classified information, secret, top secret, or otherwise, and we'll never know. And for all we know, something's going on right now that would rock us to our cores, shock us to our cores if we knew it. But we don't. So right now, you have a military apparatus that is desperate for our approval, but they will not justify it to us. All they give us are these garbage videos and lies where they're like, Vladimir Putin is pure evil. Shut up. He's a bad guy for a lot of reasons, but he's not starting a war in Ukraine simply because he wants to twirl his mustache. He is not a comic book villain. There is a plan, there is a goal, and there is a desire. And it looks like it's coming into focus. A land bridge to Crimea, where Russia has a a naval base. It's that simple. Which is why Elon Musk said maybe Crimea goes back to Russia. Because it's been historically part of Russia since 1783. And then when the Soviet Union collapsed, Khrushchev gave Crimea to Ukraine. And Putin thinks it's a mistake. Maybe. Or maybe this is all part of a much, much bigger picture and we will not find any solution. Not with the lies coming from the government to justify whatever it is, whatever insanity they want to push. The end result of this will be you suffer. Your gas prices will go up. The cost of living will become unbearable. Jobs will disappear. Inflation will be through the roof. And we're seeing it already. Why are there so many homeless people? You know, I asked this of Ian on Timcast IRL. Where'd everybody go? How come nobody's working anymore? And then he said, well, there's a lot of there's a lot of new homeless people, right? And I was like, yeah, actually, yeah. Well, there you go. 
It's that simple, isn't it? The economy is in shambles. People have lost their jobs. They've given up. They're doing drugs. Not all of them, but a lot of them. And this war is going to make everything worse. The gas prices will get higher and it'll be you that suffers because of it. You can vote against it in about 24 days. You can vote against it and I recommend it. That means voting against certain Republicans and voting against certain Democrats, most of the Democrats, to be honest, and like half the Republicans. But we'll have to figure this one out. In the meantime, hey, bravo, Elon. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastirl. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. Did they think this would be good for them? I'm shocked to see this. CNN published a clip from a documentary filmed by Nancy Pelosi's own daughter of her admitting, quote, I've been waiting for this on January 6th and then saying she's going to physically attack the president and go to jail. They believed that this would be good for them. I can't believe it. This October surprise, in my opinion, is going to implode in the faces of Democrats. Okay, what's the narrative they're trying to go for with this? That Donald Trump knew about the threats and the violence and the danger, and Nancy Pelosi was going, ooh, harumph, I say, hold on there a minute, my friends. Why was Nancy Pelosi filming? Why didn't Nancy Pelosi have a film crew on her on January 6th? Nobody knew this was going to happen. No one knew. Or did they? Why was, why was Nancy Pelosi's daughter filming? inside on this day. Okay, fair point. Maybe it's because it was just a historic moment. It was a historic moment. Really? Okay, I guess. I guess. I just find it very strange that you have all of these things lining up together. Nancy Pelosi's daughter filming her. Nancy Pelosi saying, quote, I have been waiting for this for trespassing on the Capitol grounds. That's a quote. And then her threatening to physically attack the president. Sounds to me like uh, here's what I think. I think they knew something was going to happen. I don't think they knew exactly what. I think there's questions about why the police were opening the doors. And now it's all coming together, isn't it? Conspiracy theory? No, I don't know the intent of anyone. I don't know what they thought would happen. What I can tell you is Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez publicly stated that there are police inside helping the rioters, opening the doors. One video purportedly shows a mag locked door. You can't open that being released. Someone hitting the button. Videos of police officers taking selfies with people. Videos of police officers opening the door saying, I don't agree with it, but I respect it. And then Nancy Pelosi saying, I've been waiting for this, for the trespassing on the Capitol grounds. And she has a camera crew with her. Do you want to buy a lottery ticket now? Because all of these things happening as a coincidence? No, I don't know that Pelosi was involved in anything. I'm not saying that Nancy Pelosi orchestrated anything. What I'm saying is probable cause now exists for subpoenas and an investigation into what exactly was she waiting for and why? Why was she waiting for trespassing on the Capitol grounds? That's an extremely specific thing to say that you're waiting for. Okay, well, let, let me show you the clip. Why, why even bother waiting? Here we go. This was played by CNN. Secret Service said they have dissuaded him from coming to Capitol Hill. They told him they don't have the resources to protect him here. 
So at the moment he is not coming, but that could change. I would come, I'm gonna punch him out. This oh, is my mom. I've been waiting for this, for trespassing on the Capitol grounds. I'm gonna punch him out and I'm gonna to go to jail and I'm gonna be happy. There it is. She says she's going to physically attack a sitting president. I'm pretty sure that's in and of itself illegal. I've been waiting for this for trespassing on the Capitol grounds. What do you mean you were waiting for this? How were you waiting for this? Something doesn't make sense. Now, again, I don't know what that means, and I'm not going to pretend that simply because she made a, a, a she said a sentence that we, we know everything about what happened behind the scenes on January 6th. What I can say is AOC implied it was an inside job. I mean, there's video footage of police opening doors. Come on. Doesn't that mean inside job? It doesn't mean that the Democrats or the government, like it, it means there were police inside that opened the doors. Does it mean every cop? No. Here's what I think we need. We need Nancy Pelosi subpoenaed under oath by the January 6th committee. And I think this would be good for her. And she can answer exactly what she meant when she said she was waiting for this. And a few other questions. Miss Speaker, why did you have a camera crew on this day? Simple question. And there's an answer. It's, it's January 6th. It's the counting of the electoral votes. OK, fine, I guess. But why did you then go on to say that you were waiting for this for trespassing on the Capitol grounds? Put those two things together. She was waiting specifically for trespassing and she had her daughter filming all day. Let's go back in time. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. She goes live on Instagram and she tells a story about hearing a knocking on her door. And then she panics. Oh, no. And she goes and hides in her bathroom. And then someone comes in the room and she hears, where is she? Where is she? And she's thinking, the rioters, they found me. Fortunately, it was just a cop who terrified her. And this all happened on January 6th. The only problem with that narrative, and I was surprised a lot of people didn't catch this, was that her story took place a full hour before anyone breached the Capitol grounds, before anyone breached the building, before anyone had known that anything was going to happen. AOC comes out with this story, comes out with this story. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't understand. AOC, huh? Maybe she's lying. Maybe. I will say as a statement of fact, AOC lied. Okay, fine. Intention is difficult to prove. She was just incorrect. But no, I think lied makes more sense. And I'll tell you why. It was like a day later. Does she not remember when she went and got lunch? You see, these people are evil and they're uh, despicable. And I don't think you can trust them. So when AOC is able to come out and tell the story, it's simple. She lied. She used the fact that people didn't know the timeline to make a narrative about how she thought she was going to die. In reality, they were being evacuated. And this was before anyone breached the building. Now, conservatives latched onto the fact that she wasn't in the Capitol. And then the media came out and they were like, the tunnels connect from the Capitol to the, you know, the, the, the building that she was in. I forgot the name of it. And I had the Huffington Post reporter tweeted me saying, you're wrong. I said, I, I, I tweeted something like something didn't make sense because they were in, in the video. There, there was a video showing like people standing around in a hallway 
And then he said that was a different video or something. And then I responded with AOC said this happened around like noon or something, but the breach of the Capitol didn't happen until one or something. And the Sovereign Post reporter was like, oh, I, I was wrong. I almost I, I think I did delete my initial t- initial tweet thinking that I was wrong and I got the timeline wrong because I was like, how does this make sense? Oh, I think what happened was she said that she was, uh, you know, she, she was evacuated or whatever. And then so, uh, this reporter sends me, a, I think this is what happened. I could be wrong. I could send a video and it's like, look, here's the evacuation taking place. And I went, oh, OK. And then I started digging through the timeline. I was like, wait a minute. No, she made this up. She faked the story. And now we have this from Nancy Pelosi. Yo, this is massive. You got to you got to tell people about this. I, I don't I don't know what they were expecting from this, that Nancy Pelosi would come out and admit she brings in a film crew and then admits she was waiting for trespassing. That is so insanely specific. That is too specific. It's one thing if you were like, we're here to film a historic moment. Oh, no, trespassing is happening. But it's another thing to be like, I got a film crew with me. This is the moment I've been waiting for trespassing. What? I don't know that there was any orchestration. What I can say is, at the very least, one thing you can say, Nancy Pelosi, based on that statement, had her fingers crossed, just hoping, please, please trespass. That's insane. Maybe that's why the police didn't do anything. Maybe that's why many of the police opened the doors. And maybe that's why once they got inside, one police officer murdered a woman. That's crazy, man. October surprise, Democrats revealed this themselves on CNN. CNN exclusives. Exclusive. I, I can't even I'm not even going to read what Pelosi said. She should be criminally charged for threatening to to physically attack a sitting president. You can't do that. The footage shown by CNN had snippets of, of it publicly aired on Thursday by the January 6th committee. The full raw footage, however, shows the chaos taking place. Most of the film shows Pelosi's movements on January 6th, including the phone call she made to Pence asking about his safety. We're at Fort McNair, which has facilities for the House and Senate to meet as a backup plan. Should anything happen that should that would warrant that? Pelosi tells Pence, we'd rather go to the Capitol and do it there, but it doesn't seem to be safe. I worry about you being in that Capitol room, Pelosi said. Don't let anybody know where you are. It's, it's amazing. CNN aired this. And did they think that it's going to help Democrats? There was an article from CNN. It said, surprise, people care more about the cost of potato chips than they do about January 6th. Duh. Why would anyone care about this? If there is one thing I think that will make people care less about what happened here is a video of Nancy Pelosi saying she was waiting for this to happen, specifically the trespassing. Hold on there a minute. Nancy Pelosi said, I have been waiting for this for the trespassing on Capitol grounds. So she's not scared. She wasn't threatened. She wasn't worried. There was no fear of physical harm. She was waiting for it to happen. Where's her security detail? She brought a camera crew. I believe this shows that at no point did Nancy Pelosi fear for her safety. She said, I've been waiting for this. Okay, let me tell you, my friends, I have a bunch of emergency food. I know a lot of people are like, Tim, don't reveal you have it. No, no, no. I I say that because it's it is not the the the, it is not the full extent to the precautions I've taken in the event of emergency. It's just enough for me to, to let you know that I do take it seriously. I have not been waiting for a moment to use it. There's not going to be a time where like, a lightning strike burns my house down and I go, this is the moment I've been waiting for. Just because I've prepared for it doesn't mean I want 
I want it to happen or that I've been waiting for it to happen. No, I hope it never happens. Uh, I hope there's no flood. I hope there's no death. I hope there's no nuclear war. What Pelosi said, this is the this is what I've been waiting for, for trespassing on the Capitol grounds. Extremely specific. How did she know? Why? What made her think? And why wasn't she scared? At a time when people were starting to breach the cap, were, were starting to enter the Capitol grounds. That she, No fear, no panic, no let's get out of here. No, no, it was threats of violence. I just, I just think it's a revelation. Quote, there's a picture of someone sitting in a chair in the Senate. We've all been evacuated. There have been shots fired. We need a full National Guard component now. Interesting. Congress's two, uh, top two Democrats then joined by their lawmakers to grill Defense Secretary Christopher Miller as the slow response. This is an emergency, Schumer says, where life and limb are at stake. You know what I see from these images? I see the corruption of America. That's what I see. Last night, we had uh, Jim Antle from uh, The Examiner on the show. He made a good point. He said the Constitution is, is gone. The, 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 you know, he mentioned the constitutional procedure is very well protected. Like what time must this happen? And, and how should we transport these files? But the enumerated powers are gone. What I see here. Wow. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This photograph of these lawmakers, all frantic and panicked. I think the founding fathers would laugh if they saw what this country has become. The flabby, weak, and spineless running the country. Now, don't get me wrong. A lot of the founding fathers were flabby and weak, too. But the founding fathers, uh, I, sh- I, sh- I should say, I mean, physically, uh, they were not spineless. Not a single one of them who risked life and limb, sacrificing their blood, treasure, good honor, and their families in the name of independence. And then you look at these. I don't know what these people are. They are capital city. They are not, you know, the founding fathers. People say they were rich white landowners. Landowner didn't mean squat back then, for the most part. Landowner meant you got somewhere and you said, my land. Congratulations, empty land, start building on it. And then you tried to protect and use what you could. Seriously, people staked their claims. Not, you know, on every capacity. And it was having a lot to do with the cities. But yeah, and they had slaves and all that stuff. But you know what? There's a big difference between the political class and the founding fathers and what they were. For all the bad things throughout history that we condemn and have done away with, the founding fathers still were people who, for the most part, lived and worked. There was a meme I saw. It's interesting. They said the fact that you have lived a very different life from your grandparents is actually a new phenomenon. And that's true. I was reading about the advent of guns. And I said, how did did we get from muskets to, you know, revolvers? Did you know that it took hundreds of nearly a millennia. That's crazy. The muskets have been around since what, like the 1300s in wide use in the 14 and 1500s. 
And then uh, what we get rifled muskets until the Civil War, until the 1800s. It took them that long to figure out, hey, you know, when I carve into this, it's it, it's more accurate. So I started looking into like, when was the revolver made, right? Because you see these movies and they have the cowboy and he pulls the hammer back and bang. It was uh, the first revolver was a was muzzle loaded. Yeah, it was a revolver and you had to stuff the wadding and the ball and then spin and then stuff it. And it was smart. And then you'd 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 flint, bang, and then you'd hand crank, flint, bang. And someone thought, wow, that's that's brilliant. The funny thing is that it took so long to figure out how to make the wheel spin with a bunch of different chambers that go through one barrel, the, the, the early revolver. It was like 50 years later that we got percussion caps. I'm, I'm, my years are probably wrong, but the point is the distance, the amount of time between when the revolver was invented until when we got cartridges where you could load and then fire, it was, it was generations. So your grandfather worked the farm, had your, had your dad worked the farm, had you, and you did the exact same things they did. Today, your grandfather fought in a bunch of wars, didn't have a cell phone or the internet, and now you float around on your little, uh, on your little uh, hover, hoverboard thing from Walmart, texting on your phone, going, through this, going down the street with a man bun, and you've not seen conflict. You can eat literally anything. You have air-conditioned, clean running water. It's, been, it's, it's absolutely crazy. And I think it's fossil fuels, obviously, that have led to this. So I take a look at this picture and it's revealing to me. This country has come a long way and it's come a bad way. There's a lot of really great things about this country, but I tell you this right now, we need to vote these people out. We need to end this. Look at this old flabby man, Chuck Schumer. Got to vote him out. The American people need a wake up call. These people are crooked. They're corrupt and they need to be voted out. And you have a chance. You have a chance in about 24 days. I mean, many of you are in early voting already. Now, I know I hear the concerns. They say, I don't trust mail-in voting. I don't trust early voting. I hear you. And that means one thing. You need to go door to door. You need to go out into the streets. You need to, when, when you, you need to go outside and shake hands, smile, and ask people if they're registered to vote. Do it however you want to do it. Go into the area you think is most important where people are underserved. If you are a conservative, you need to go into cities in deep blue areas and you need to smile and ask people if they've considered hearing a message from the Republican Party or from the libertarians. Look, here's here's an option. Libertarian Party, the Mises Caucus. Go to cities and ask people if they're willing to support them, because it would be great if we got one libertarian member of Congress from the Libertarian Party. Instead, you get like people who like run as a Republican and then change to the Libertarian Party. And it's like, yeah, yeah, okay, fine, whatever. But that's what you got to do. You knock on doors, you smile and you say, are you registered to vote? And here's why we're advocating for these individuals. Now, I think there's 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 risks. We see these videos of, of people in cities being violent. So just be safe and don't do anything dangerous. But I think canvassing is 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 safe and ask people if they're willing to vote against corruption and war. One thing you can ask, Gen Z, say, will you be willing to go and fight in Ukraine when the military draft is reinstated? And they'll say no. Okay, then you need to vote against Democrats and neocon Republicans. Then you need to support MAGA Republicans who do not want war. That is your only option. If the Democrats get their way and win, 
and we enter nuclear World War Three, they will draft you, Gen Z. It will be you. You will get the, the, the letter in the mail and they're going to say you either join up or you go to jail. And you're going to say, but I don't want to go fight in Ukraine. And they're going to say, don't you want to be a part of the movement? Come on. And then one day you'll be sitting in a rubble filled urban wasteland eating a can of beans when you'll start to hear when you'll look up. And the last thing you'll think as the airstrike barrels down upon your location is I should have voted against the warmongers. And then your mother will be sitting in her living room and she will hear a knock at the door and she'll stand up and she'll walk over and open the door. And there will be two men holding an American flag. And then she will realize exactly what that means. And in that moment, as soon as she sees it and it clicks, she'll think, I should have voted against these people. But you'll be dead. And your mother will get to live with that. War is hell and these people are sick, twisted and depraved. And they would send you and your children as cannon fire, cannon fodder into a war we have no business being in. And then I want you to take a look at everything they've said about Trump and insurrection. And I want you to remember this. Perhaps when you are being shipped out 24 years old in the draft, you know, I think they go with the younger people first. You'll think to yourself, what did she mean when she said, I've been waiting for this for trespassing on the Capitol grounds? Why would she have been waiting for that? How could she have predicted or even thought something like that could happen? She was waiting for it. She was waiting for it. She wanted it to happen the moment she's been waiting for. Is it possible that she helped facilitate what she had been waiting for this moment? Very specific moment. Huh? I wonder. Well, good luck overseas. The people of Ukraine can really use your help. That's true. And I feel for them. You know, so uh, I'm 36. I'm not going to get drafted unless there's probably an invasion here. So it'll be you. Uh, I warned you. Don't say I didn't tell you so. So I hope you remember that. And this is probably more of a statement for 16 year olds, too. You're not voting, but, you know, just remember that it'll be your mom and dad, you know, uh, standing in front of your closed casket if they can even get your body back because they voted for this war. And I know it's I know, I know it's, it's kind of a, a crappy thing to say, but I want you to really understand why it is the war is bad and why it is people like me and other anti-war individuals dramatically oppose this. It will be your mother crying at your funeral, and it will have been you who voted for it. Good luck. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. In a video that has shocked the world, a pair of white supremacists went into a museum and splashed tomato soup onto Van Gogh's sunflowers at the National Gallery and then glued themselves to the wall. These white supremacists must be stopped and condemned. And they are white supremacists. Maybe you saw the video. Just stop oil. I guess they're activists against climate change. But I guess that means that white supremacists can be activists against climate change, too. Now, many of you may be saying, now, hold on there a minute, Tim. I saw this video. It's got 13 million views. And these people don't appear to be white supremacists. Well, that my friends, I can disprove. I will prove you wrong. Boom. There it is. There it is. There's the picture. When this young woman 
who splashed tomato soup onto Van Gogh's painting was being arrested. She flashed a white supremacy hand gesture behind her back. Now, why would she do that? Why, as she's being led away, would she look back at a camera with a smirk and flash the white power hand gesture? Okay, here's the real story. A couple of activists splashed tomato soup on the glass casing of Van Gogh's painting. It's probably fine. And then tried to glue themselves to the wall. It didn't work. And then they were subsequently arrested. Now, it is true for some reason, as the woman was being carried away, she made the OK hand sign behind her back. But come on, the pink hair, the climate change activism. You mean to tell me this woman does not know about what the OK hand gesture apparently means to the left? She is of the left. These are the people who think it's a dog whistle and she's dog whistling. Okay, there it is. You see, when they came out and claimed that these words, phrases and gestures were dog whistles, what they were really saying was that they were Nazis. No, no, let me let me explain. The idea of a dog whistle is that you do something only your people can understand. That way, regular people don't hear it. Get it? Dogs hear the whistle, but you can't. But the problem is most people don't actually know what the secret meaning of these symbols is. To the average person, the OK hand sign just means I'm OK. But to the left, it means you're secretly a white supremacist. And she didn't know that. OK, maybe. I mean, these people really are dumb. So, no, I don't really think they're white supremacists. But sure, let me show you the video of these morons. There, they're splashing tomato soup on the painting. And then, oh, I love this. She pulls from her bra, super glue. I guess the other woman has it in her shoe. They smear the super glue onto their hands. And uh, they're not very quick with it. Trying to puncture it. Oh, they're nervous. She's shaking. And then she sticks her hand in the wall, and they're so nervous. Oh, oh, oh man, we're doing literally nothing about anything. We're, we're, we're not solving any of the world's problems in any way, but I'm so nervous. Congratulations, Just Stop Oil. Everyone hates you now. You are not very smart, and these activists just make you look bad. Oh, these brave young women. Uh, I think it was brave. I mean, it takes a lot of courage to, to outwardly try to destroy a piece of history. Van Gogh's painting is protected by glass, so it's fine, but there's some minor damage to the frame. Well, you know, it is what it is. But these people, what were they trying to accomplish? I'd say a big fat nothing. I mean, obviously, they were trying to accomplish, I guess, ending oil. That's what the organization is trying to do. End new oil. Yeah, they want people to die. They are genocidal maniacs. So maybe the white supremacy thing really is true. I believe that all of these more extreme. Look, regular people who are concerned about pollution, I respect. When they're saying, you know, we burn a lot of fossil fuels and putting carbon in the atmosphere. I respect it. I do. I see. I, look, we're all burning fuels. We're all pumping out carbon and methane and other things. Yeah, I think eventually it causes a destabilization in the ecosystem. We can't change it that much. It's bad. However, I don't think the solution is just, I don't know, mass murder and genocide. I just, sorry. I think that we are alive for the human experience, and that means solving this problem in a humane way. Perhaps, as Ian Crossland likes to describe it on Timcast IRL, we can mine carbon from the atmosphere to produce graphene. It's very specific, but um, we can produce carbon capture technologies to pull carbon from the air and then use it. 
Trees do that. It's basically what they do. They pull carbon from the air and then make more of themselves. That's kind of cool. Now, a lot of these people think the solution is, I don't know, tens of millions of people should die. Yeah, I'm not all about the mass execution, murder and suffering and rioting and destabilization like these people are. But let's be real. These two young women are not smart enough to understand anything. Hence, you see people like Greta Thunberg. How dare you? You come to us young people. If she knew, I don't know, two basic facts, just two, just just two, she might have a different attitude. And this is the reality. These two women don't know anything because I've heard it from it. I've heard it from these people all before. I've worked for these environmental organizations and they say things like the only reason they're still making fossil fuels is because they're addicted to capitalism and profit and they want to live on yachts. No, it's actually not why they're mining. Uh, they're, they're, they're drilling for fossil fuels, although I would admit that the profit motive is a component. If you genuinely believe that the world is about to go go up in flames in a heat wave that will destroy anything, everything in climate change, simply because some cigar smoking fat white colonizer thinks he should be wealthier, you are in a cult like these two young cultists, proud cultists and white supremacists, whatever they actually represent. I don't know. The reality is that we're uh, trying to produce more energy because people need it. That's the reality. Now, a human being, let's say her name is Janet. She is of childbearing age and she meets a strapping young lad and they both say we really want to have kids. Well, having kids requires energy. And so they agree to have kids and then they need energy for that kid. And now there's a more there's more humans. More humans require more energy. More humans means we need more food. Well, then it, we turn to the energy industry and they say we need to increase production for the increased population. I believe this is a death spiral. It's it's it can grow to a certain point, but at a certain point, you can't just grow forever. Right. Well, so these these zealots, their attitude is let's uh, not have kids because of climate change. Abort your kids because of climate change. I mean, I get the reasoning behind it, but destroying the human experience, I don't think solves the problem. And then ultimately, with stopping fossil fuels, they're outright saying mass murder 60 million people. And it, and it is. If fossil fuels were to get cut off, there would be the death of tens of millions of people within a matter of days. Within a few months, you'd probably see billions dead. Billions. I'm not exaggerating. Where do you think food comes from? How are they going to transport goods? It's all fossil fuels. The ability to extract energy from fossil fuels. And these people probably think it came from dinosaurs. They're probably sitting there thinking like, we can't make more dinosaurs. I was listening to that podcast. What is it? Stuff You Should Know or something. This is a few years ago, and I was just ready to barf because they were talking about fossil fuels. And they were like, you know, we're going to run out because like you can't make more dinosaurs, <laughs> right? Like fossil fuels is made of dinosaurs and you can't make more. Wow, that's not correct. But if people believe it, I'm not surprised they think these things. But, you know, let me tell you guys. This uh, Phoebe and Anna, these protesters, my attitude was when they glued themselves to the wall, please, please, I beg of you, leave them there. I'm so sick of accommodating these people. If you want to glue yourself to the wall, do it with my blessing. 
And then we'll all watch you and take pictures. And then within 24 hours, you'll be like, I have to go to the bathroom. And we'll be like, <laughs> should have thought of that before you glued yourself to a wall, moron. And then when they're like, I'm really hungry. Hey, I'll tell you what. I'll run over to 7-Eleven. I'll pick up some Soylent. And that will keep you healthy and nourished. And then I'll tell you what. Because I'm a nice guy, I'll bring you a bedpan. And you can defecate in front of the audience in the museum as they watch the new exhibit. Why should we have to accommodate crazy people who glue themselves to walls? Actions meet consequences. No, the police come in and carry them away and they get to do it again. Come on, give baby their bottles. Let them do what they want. What's the harm in letting them glue themselves to the wall? In fact, that'll probably make a lot of money for the museum. After they do it, you charge 20 bucks. Come stare at the two young 20-somethings who are starving and, and, and uh, starving to death and defecating on the floor. Then maybe they'll be like, we shouldn't do that ever again. This is one of the biggest problems we have in our society. I know this happened in the UK. But one of the biggest problems we have is that when whiny babies whine, our system says, we'll take care of the whiny babies. I'm done. I don't want to pay for it. You want to sit in the middle of the road? I don't care. I'll go around. Here's my attitude. If you want to block the streets, I actually respect the protest. But you should pay the consequences of doing it. If you want to throw tomato soup on a glass panel, trying to ruin a painting, and then glue yourself to the wall, do it with my blessing and pay the consequences. Congratulations. We're talking about your organization. But why then do we foot the bill for this? You want to block the road? People in their cars can drive around you. You want to block the road? You get arrested. And your message gets out. Congratulations. You want to glue yourself to a wall? Eh, you know, we'll leave you there. You choose what, you know, you want to be there? Fine. In fact, you know what I think? I think if people want to block an intersection, we should just have the cops surround them and be like, you're here, buddy. We'll stay here as long as you need. Now, I know there are people in their cars trying to get to work. So there's a big difference between blocking infrastructure and gluing yourself to a wall. But this was an opportunity, man. This is an opportunity to be like, I'll tell you what. You want to glue yourselves to the wall? Ain't nobody stopping you. And then the next time these activists are like, should we glue ourselves to the wall? They'll go, no, because they'll just leave you there. And then you'll have to defecate in front of random people. And then you'll get really hungry. And then you'll have to beg for help. Why weren't they? Why weren't they forced to beg for help? You know, flashing that white power hand gesture. Here's what I think. These people have no moral foundation. None. I thought about this. Someone who is willing to destroy a Van Gogh painting, but they don't even know what they're advocating for. That's dangerous. These two young women are as dumb as a box of rocks. It's not just about their lack of knowledge. It's about their unwillingness to investigate. Because maybe then they'd realize why their cause makes no sense. And they would say, maybe I shouldn't throw tomato soup on a painting. Instead, they go, I glued myself to the wall. Moral foundations theory was created by a group of social and cultural psychologists to understand why morality varies so much across cultures, yet still shows so many similarities. M many of you may have heard of this. Jonathan Haidt did a lot of this research. We have care, fairness, loyalty, authority, sanctity, and liberty. And along with those moral foundations is the inverse. Harm, cheating, betrayal, subversion, degradation, and oppression. So here's what we end up with. 
Liberals tend to only have two moral foundations of six, care and fairness. Care. The foundation is related to our long evolution as mammals with attachment systems and an ability to feel and dislike the pain of others. It underlies virtues of kindness, gentleness, and nurturance. Fairness. It's related to the evolutionary process of reciprocal altruism. It generates ideas of justice, rights, and autonomy. I get it. But liberals don't have loyalty, authority, sanctity, or liberty. And that's important. Loyalty is the foundation related to our long history as tribal creatures, able to form shifting coalitions. It underlies virtues of patriotism and self-sacrifice. Authority. The foundation was shaped by our long primate history of hierarchical social interactions. It underlies virtues of leadership and followership. Sanctity. The foundation was shaped by the psychology of disgust and contamination. It underlies religious notions of striving to live in an elevated, less carnal, more noble way. It underlies the widespread idea that the body is a temple which can be desecrated by immoral activities and contaminants. And I think there's more to add to that, and I will. And liberty, of course, the foundation about feelings of reactance to resentment people feel towards those who dominate them and restrict their liberty. Its intuitions are often in tension with those of authority, uh, blah, 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 blah. Not necessarily. Let's break this down. If you only have care and fairness, well, there you go. You have people who don't care for being loyal. They'll, they'll, they'll turn on you. Cancel culture. They don't believe in authority. Hence, they believe they have a right to, to uh, suppress you. They don't believe in sanctity. They would tear down this country and its cultures and institutions, and they do not believe in liberty. You will do as you are told. It all makes sense, doesn't it? But let me tell you about how I feel about it. Care. I care about people. I care about the human experience. Fairness. Yeah. We should all play by the rules so that merit succeeds and we improve as a people and more people get help. Cheating is bad. Loyalty is extremely important. It's called trust. That's what the moral foundation there is to me. That when someone shows that they're working towards the good of you, you trust them. And that's where loyalty comes from. Betrayal. Betray. Right. You can't trust that person, can you? Loyalty is about trust. Authority and subversion. Hierarchical social interactions. Authority is important. I am not an authoritarian, but I recognize authority. A doctor has authority. When you are out protesting and an NYPD cop asserts authority and says, that's a frozen zone, you go, shut up. That's not authority. You made that up. And they did this in New York. Authority is you're walking down the street and you hear a scream. And you look over and there's a man on the ground and he's bleeding profusely. And there's a man who says, I'm a doctor. You put your hands on the wound now. Put pressure on it to keep this man alive. You do as you're told. That's authority. You trust the person. It doesn't always play out well. None of these do. You can care for a bad person. You can play fair with a cheater. You can have loyalty to a betrayer. And you can recognize the authority of someone who is lying to you. And that may be a fake doctor. But when a doctor says, put pressure on the wound, you say, okay, you do it. You respect the authority of the individual. You don't have to do it. That's not what authority is about. Authority is recognizing the expertise of an individual and why we should listen to them. Liberty. I'll come back to sanctity. Liberty, of course, does not contradict authority. You have the liberty to reject authority. Liberty is that line. That someone can say, do as you're told, and you can say, no. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? 
I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At ChumbaCasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. They don't oppose each other. Now, someone who believes in subversion and doesn't believe in in liberty would try to exert authority over you and you have liberty. I believe in it. And that's why we have the system we have today. Now, about these two young women and why I bring this up, sanctity and degradation, they don't have it. The foundation was shaped by the psychology of disgust and contamination, underlying religious notions of striving to live in a more elevated, less carnal, noble way, underlies the widespread idea that the body is a temple. And I'm going to stop you right there. They say we think there are several other very good candidates for a foundationhood, liberty being one of them, but liberty isn't typically, they, they say it's only five moral foundations, but um, sanctity. To me, sanctity is not about religion. It's not about God or a temple, a body temple. It's about developing and learning from your mistakes. Why do I, would I protect a crystal flute that has never been played before? Lizzo desecrated it, degraded it. When the morbidly obese singer went up and tooted the flute and then went and started twerking. You see, the flute represents something. I didn't know the flute existed until before this story, but I'm still mad that it was desecrated because the flute represents an idea, a moment in time, a stitch in time, forever preserved. And we are reminded of its existence by the existence of this object. I want you to remember something. Remember something. Fruit of the Loom. How about that? Imagine the Fruit of the Loom logo. What do you see? Many of you may be familiar with what I'm bringing up, the Mandela effect. Because many people seem to recall there was a cornucopia behind the fruit in the Fruit of the Loom logo. But the company says this is not the case. There never was a cornucopia. You're mistaken. There was a musician who created a, an album that was a parody of the Fruit of the Loom logo with a metal cornucopia behind it. And many people point this out and say, if there was never a cornucopia behind that logo, why did this musician parody the logo with a cornucopia? Interesting question. You tell me. I don't know. I can only tell you one thing. Sanctity to me is to preserve these moments as a reminder, as a map, as a marker in time. Whenever I would cover major news events, I would take a piece of that event with me as a physical reminder. It happened. Now, of course, it's possible someone gaslights you, drugs you, and then gives you a fake artifact and claims that's where it came from, I guess. But no, for me, it was always about I have these items. I take a look and I say that happened. There it is there. I remember when I got that. I remember where it came from and it never changes. That to me is what sanctity is. It is about trying to strive to live in a less carnal, more noble way to a certain degree. It's about saying those who forget the past are doomed to repeat it. These young women sought to desecrate, desecrate and destroy a Van Gogh. They failed. And they seek to erase culture as the left does. The end result will not be a better life for everyone. It'll be a worse life. We'll forget the lessons of the past. We'll forget they even existed. And that's a fact. It used to be that we couldn't build skyscrapers. 
We couldn't make buildings higher than eight stories or something like that. Why? Heat accumulation got too great as the buildings got taller and taller. And then one day some dude invented an air conditioner and it could funnel the heat out into the world, keeping cold air in. It's a brilliant technique using Freon and, uh, and it compresses Freon. When the Freon expands, it has to absorb the heat from the room and then it gets compressed, ejecting the heat. So it creates this, this wall where cold goes in and heat goes out. It's incredible. I love air conditioning. Because of that, we could now build higher and higher. And then, of course, central air came along. But hold on there a minute. The technology existed to build beyond this a long time ago. There were uh, indigenous tribes around, uh, I believe, in Africa that built their huts in such a way that heat was funneled out of the top and cold air was pulled in, keeping their, their structures crisp and cool. The technology was lost. We didn't know or care about it. We'd seen it. We'd not cared about it. Apparently, they learned how to do this from looking at anthills. Anthills would build in such a way that it would pull air low to the ground in and then push the heat out, regulating temperature. It's quite fascinating. Thanks to the rediscovery of ancient knowledge, we've incorporated these designs into newer buildings to lower the energy costs for air conditioning. And that's the point. Without sanctity, you forget these simple facts and you live worse. You live worse off. That's why I think it's so important to protect and preserve history. That's why I care about a crystal flute and a painting. And that's why I think these people are extremely dangerous. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcast. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.